This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Welcome to Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm Cody, and with me are Kyle and Ken. Hey, you did the intro again. I, did. I looked at everybody. I was like, oh, nobody's doing this? Okay, I'm doing this. Pulling up a classic. Yeah. <laughs> only but a goodie. Just, it's just like riding a bike. It is. <laughs> Except for that chuckle right in the middle. <laughs> oh. Well, welcome back, everybody. I know. We had... Awesome weekend. Best weekend yeah. so far. So yeah. good. Yeah. Blew away my expectations. Nice. It was crazy. Nice. Yeah. Did you guys see the film? Yes. Absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> you would have loved it, Ken. <laughs> we were busy yeah. working on a kitchen. The film she's referring to is Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Which is there did... any other film, Kyle? Yeah. Just no. making sure someone could be like, no time to die? Is, are we talking about that? Get out of town. Yeah. We're not there yet. All right. Not there yet. So um, I wasn't a part of last week's podcast. What were your hot takes? Who, who thought it was going to open high and who got the closest? Uh, I think that we were just expecting yeah, a good we, turnout. Nobody but... was playing Sony in in the rover position in beer league softball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nobody was like, $30 million opening would be great. <laughs> I know. Where was hey, I? Sony, Sony <laughs> to be reported, conservative. Yeah, Sony reported that at the beginning of the, or the very end of the week. Yeah. Expect a, a $30 million opening. They got $11 million Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it... <laughs> so, so that would mean, uh, unless like, you know, Christopher Nolan actually did set off that atomic bomb in the new movie he's trying to make. <laughs> that, that uh, yeah, they were gonna make that plus they some, were. plus a lot more. I just wasn't expecting the a lot more part. I was just expecting hopefully to get to what first Venom did. I know. I I was legitimately shocked by the ninety million yeah. like that. Oh, I mean, I gave it plenty of screens. Thank goodness that it helped. You know we. We were prepared for it to be big, but man, I mean, there were some frazzled people on Monday because they were just, for the first time, overworked on yeah. a weekend. It was awesome. Yeah, there oh, was yeah. no closing early last weekend. <laughs> no, 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 no shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's terrific, though. That's This has been what we were hoping to have, if not more so, to the start of October and you know, with this big turnout from Venom, Let There Be Carnage, doing better than the first one in a pandemic and being, yeah. what, the second PG-13 opening in October ever to gross as high as it did. Like, first being Joker, obviously, but... Joker was ours. So Joker's this was, ours. It yeah. was Venom was the oh, last one. Oh, was it? One. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Venom, Venom was the last one. <laughs> so that's just in general, then, not just yeah, PG-13. Yeah, and, it, so and got this it. is the second highest opening for an October title ever. So ever. the first yeah. the first one it still remains Joker, but Joker only did like $96 million, I think. It was so close. It was and then, super close. And then number three is the remake of Halloween that came out in 2018. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, so we've got... October. I mean, the hot take was like, we are going to have the biggest October we've ever had. Yep. Especially after Shang-Chi hit and brought some audiences back. But mm -hmm. we, I will be shocked if we don't do it. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm a little concerned about Halloween next week because of it being day and date on Peacock. Like that, I think, hurts it quite a bit on it. But, but we'll just, we'll see. I mean, we do have Venom holding over and we do have Bond opening this week. And, Bond did 6.3 million Thursday night early shows last night. And that was, you know, the highest Bond early show count ever. 
Yeah. It, be, it beat Spectre. It beat Skyfall. Best Bond. So we're looking at maybe the highest Bond opening weekend this weekend. <laughs> Which, it's, again, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Because there's just, well, there's just this pervasive narrative that the that the virus is still hurting you know theaters and hurting businesses Mm -hmm. and stuff but we're just not seeing that right now it has changed it don't get me wrong i'm not saying that that the industry isn't changed that movie going isn't changed that even the grosses aren't i mean they're down overall from previous years we're we're seeing a transition but when the film is really good and it's theater exclusive like what we're seeing here it's It's a rocket baby it's awesome (laughs) yeah yeah you just can't help it but but love when you know good things are happening at a time when you know we were hoping for it to happen so great we need it so kyle you saw venom what do you think i would say it's better than the first one because with the first one there was just such for kyle it was a low bar yes thank you for (laughs) emphasizing that it's a very low bar for me heading into this because i did not like the first venom um just because it was totally uneven like on the one hand it felt like you know, a studio-produced superhero movie that's supposed to be, you know, dark and serious. But on the other hand, Tom Hardy is jumping in uh, lobster tanks, you know? Like, <laughs> there was... There was, t- <laughs> there was this great article I actually read about that, that yeah. Tom Hardy and the director were making two completely different movies. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So there was... Well, I mean, I thought that, but there was actually this article that Tom Hardy was interviewed in where he was making a movie about... A broken man. Yes. Like the man is broken. He has nowhere to go. He doesn't He doesn't feel, he feels like a shell of himself. Mm-hmm. And the director was making a superhero movie. He was doing <laughs> his job. <laughs> and, well, yes and no. I mean, you hire Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is not a superhero yet. I no. mean, he is a, a dramatic actor. Even yes. in Batman, he's a dramatic actor. Yeah. So you hire Tom Hardy because you want him to act. Mm-hmm. You, not, you don't hire him like Henry Cavill because you want him to stand there and have abs. Sure. It <laughs> helps, <Could>. but... <laughs> yeah, this doesn't, he doesn't hurt that <laughs> by any means. I'm just glad that only proves that there was stuff going on behind the scenes to where just it became, to me, not a complete mess of a movie, but it just became a movie that clearly there was just different visions going on. I, but I don't know what you're talking about. It was awesome. I still liked it. <laughs> Even Jenny Slate. I do wonder... I'm, the scientist in it. The quote I still quotes, enjoyed it. Like a head scientist, not just a scientist. She was like... <laughs> Super it's, researcher. She was like the Tom Hardy of scientists. Out of, <laughs> out, of, out of everything to suspend disbelief, that was the hardest to do. I'll just yeah. say it that yeah. way. Um, but I think here, this one knows what it's supposed to be because it leans into what people love so much about the first movie, that weird, over-the-top, kind of campiness, ton-in-cheek yeah. oh, thing that. that Tom Hardy was doing throughout. And they took out the director of the previous movie and brought in Andy Serkis. And clearly, Andy... Circus was in on the joke with Tom Hardy this time. He was like, we're going to stick in this realm more. We're going to have it be a really quick-paced movie. It's going to have all the beats to it, but we're going to have, you know, some life and some energy into it. So well, And Woody Harrelson, come on. He has got to be phenomenal in that. He, he he was good, I thought. He just was a good pairing between uh, or off of Tom Hardy because they were both trying to chew up the scenery so much. So it was yeah. just fun to watch that over, like, actually listening to whatever – gobbledygook they were saying you know just whatever generic stuff that are in these movies where you needed the story in the first one this one is like 
oh, okay, we've got two good actors and so and much CGI. action, exactly. <laughs> and I actually thought the CGI was better here than the first one, and I feel like that's because Andy Serkis understands CGI due to his background <laughs> right. as an actor who does CGI characters and probably a bit on the directing side as well because he's done that before. Um, I think what it just comes down to is that this, these movies just aren't for me. Like, I still didn't walk away... <laughs> having a good time with it although i do think it is better than the first one it fixes the mistakes good i can't wait to see it we just have had so many projects that i I hope it sticks around lawn and theater so that i'm having a chance to see it i'm very curious about the drop off it could have with no time to die or i wonder if maybe no time to die could be sold out and then venom's the go-to kind of like with free guy and being that of shang chi yeah i think for sure um as far as the upcoming weekend with Bond, I am concerned because normally on a Venom, we'd see quite a big drop off. They are very front loaded. Yeah. And I would not be surprised just on a normal weekend, any other time when you didn't have an A title like Bond behind it, uh, like a 60% drop off. Like that would not be shocking to me. No. If it's anything higher than that, then I think that that's because of Bond. Now, Bond does play older, but it is PG 13. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna hurt it. You do get a lot more Venom showtimes than Bonds, so I think these are gonna a lot feed, of variables. These are gonna feed each other. Yeah. One of these two movies is gonna bring in the audience that we're partially missing. Right. Like one of these two, whether it's, I mean, you have James Bond, you have a Marvel film. Mm. You can't ask for too much more than that in two weeks in a row. So there's yeah. gonna be people that go in and see crowds going to Venom or see crowds going to Bond and it causes them to purchase a ticket for that. This is going to be, you know, this is good. And the drop off is, it could be substantial, but from 90 million, they can drop off as far as they want. Right. <laughs> that money yeah. went to theaters only. Yeah. yeah. At a certain point, it, it'll be okay. And Bond will be great too, because that money is going to theaters only right now. And yeah. that's, that'll be a big thing for, for theaters. I mean, two back-to-back titles like this is awesome. I really wish... Sony would have stuck with their 924 date. I mean, we could have used the big opening and then had one more big week before Bond. I, it just wouldn't have hurt things. It would have been nice on PLFs to give them two weeks. Yeah, I wonder if they're kind of kicking themselves about it. We'll see after on Monday. Because really, <laughs> yeah. Dear Evan Hansen wasn't anything. So 924 no. would have been awesome to have no. to have a big um, Venom. But I'm not complaining. I think October is you know, going to be great. And it's we'll... the new summer, Yay. apparently. <laughs> Cody, Cody watched the other monster sequel that came out I last did. weekend. I, oh, yeah. I watched a little bit of um, Adam's Family 2. I hate to say it, but we were up at um, our cabin working on the kitchen, and we were unable. There's no theaters really around to go to see this. So we did rent it for the kids. And... Um, it, the, the animation quality is still there. The jokes are all still there. I personally like the first one a little bit more, but this one wasn't bad. Um, and the boys seemed to like it. So that was good. I guess that's what matters. Just, yeah. just yeah. a solid PG title. Yep. We would have loved to not have the streaming component because that gross could have been double easily. Yeah. I was I, it was definitely hurt. I was surprised by it grossing what 16 million despite day and date. Yeah, I thought for sure it might have been a bit lower. I really pop. think it could have been a twenty million dollar opening yeah. with Venom's ninety, and the whole box office would have been well, huge. I mean, but Paw Patrol yeah. did thirteen, and that was free. Yeah, I mean, if you had Paramount Plus. Oh right, right. When no. it came out, so this could have been. I mean, it 
it, it would have been easily over 20 million. Yeah. I think 20 million was a, a low, a low estimation if right. it was just theaters only. But not bad. I, I think what you're really going to see with this is though, I think you can get the opening weekend, but it, cause it's event like, but yeah, I think you're going to see Adams drop off big time because of the rental. Yeah. And Ron's Gone Ron will be coming out in two weeks anyway, so it yeah. might have done that regardless. And, and that'll be theater exclusive. Yeah. From Disney. And it's Disney animated, so it'll be everywhere. Well, that's true. Isn't it a leftover Fox title, though? It's not necessarily. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right. It's it a Fox is. one. So it's, it's a, not it's your a, normal. It's a blue sky, but right. it's a but it it's looks an animated so film promoted by Disney. Yeah. You've got toys. It and got the Disney brand stamp you've got on it now. Toys and signs up at McDonald's. You've got. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, people will know of it. It's it's everywhere. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. As far as upcoming booking strategies, I'm just I'm desperately trying to fit it all in. I, what is shocking, what really came to realization this week was that Disney has so many films in the market. They have they have they're keeping trying to keep Sean Chi and Free Guy alive. They're trying to they're gonna open last duel next week. Then on the twenty second they've got Ron. Then on the 29th they've got um Antlers. Antlers. And then Searchlight oh, right. <laughs> and Searchlight has moved up um on an expansion French dispatch. And then on the eleven five they've got Eternals. And then on and then luckily we get apparently a week with no Disney or, at, or I guess, yeah, one week no, and then so that's week and a half. Time. <laughs> and that's a, vaca- a Disney vacation time. And then we get Encanto. It's like, I can't fit all this. You could almost book only Disney in a complex. It's There's that much film. I've never yeah. seen this much film from them. No. I mean, 2019 was Disney every four or five weeks. Yeah. One film. And that was when they owned Fox. Yeah, yeah, but they were in the but process. now they're they're in the process. This is was, now I mean, this is like let's every, get all this Fox every titles out five of the door. Weeks, just just methodical, and it was Toy Story into Lion King into I mean it just like and these things were planned out years in advance, and now yeah. it's just like throw it all in. <laughs> Shang Chi made seventy million. Like let's see what sticks. Yeah. So after twenty twenty one, they're gonna have a meeting and be like, we're never doing that again. We don't have well, we they, don't have any movies left. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. <laughs> but they're gonna make sure to keep it that way. I know. Yeah. And it's just shocking because the prior the priority placed on some of these titles that obviously obviously are not a titles. I mean, I don't know. No. If Disney's used to not having a title that people don't want to play, it's but been a hot minute, yeah. Antlers with Carrie Russell, a Last Duel. I mean, hey, it's it at least has names and things attached to so. it. I guess so. It's a Ridley Scott movie with Ben Affleck, Adam Driver, and what Matt was the Damon. last Ridley Scott movie? Uh, it wasn't The Martian. Was, was it Robin between, Hood? Was it Prometheus? Did he yeah, do that? Yeah, I think one? he was involved with one of those. But I just yeah, don't think he's, he's Ridley the Scott. director. Robin Hood? Yeah. No, he... he did the Russell Crowe Robin no, Hood. No, I know, yeah. but that was that way That was like 12 before. years ago. <laughs> that was 12 years. I don't know. Ken talks about it so time much. It feels so like yesterday. Good. Easily. Time all, time, all time top five. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, but anyway, I d- I'm saying. I'm kind of leaning towards Cody on it. I mean, I probably will want to go see it, but I don't know. I just don't think despite the star the star power helps and the really scott name helps but i think that's more matt damon has a mullet i don't know how many people are like i don't really want to see that matt damon in a mullet yeah he has I, a giant I, I awesome see that scar too. on his face yeah does he i didn't even he notice. has a huge <laughs> scar no i honestly did not <laughs> really even notice. no had no idea apparently, is it because you can't see past the mullet apparently you weren't <laughs> looking on silverscreeninsider.com the, the mullet yeah. was in front of it as he was trying to put 
brush it away. Uh, <laughs> um, even Ben Affleck has a weird, creepy bowl cut. Like it's just they're so off-putting visually that I'm like, mm, I pass. Yeah, Alien. It's Covenant just the matches was, don't make sense. Alien Covenant was the last one, and then he's got two movies in a month. Oh, that's right. I'm more excited for House of Gucci, and I think a lot of people yeah. are more than The Last Duel. I am so I much more excited for House of Gucci. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah. That's Except my, for Ken. But. That's been my huge struggle, is trying to fit all that in. Plus, I mean, every title from the other studios are their priorities as well. So it's... Yeah. Oh, it's there like, it is. It's like the biggest <laughs> scar like on his face. It's not face. that big. It's not, it, looks, it looks big now, it, it but goes, it goes from his lip to his ear. <laughs> and it's huge. Like, it splinters in out. In my defense, the picture is with him with a helmet, and the helmet covers up quite a bit of it. So, oh my so God. There. Kyle. here you go, Kyle. We'll do the, the zoom in, the full face shot. Okay, well, now there's a shadow there. That's not fair. <laughs> it looks like he got run over with a lawnmower face first. Yeah. But it's awesome. It, it it will be a good movie. It looks cool, but I I don't know. I think it's just for certain demographics and not for right. majority of audiences. It's just, it's just hard because you know that there are some big titles in there and then there are some lesser titles. And you get to a point where you're like, well, do I even play the lesser titles and take up a screen or do I give more screen time to the bigger ones? Because it's like, what is going to make money on that screen? A second screen of, say, Eternals, or the second week of antlers and it's just <laughs> it's really hard yeah. it's really what what do you do because you want to be fair well, and you want to be equitable complex, it's the it, yeah it's the fourth screen of eternals right is the fourth screen of eternals going to make more than probably second week not of antlers but you now you get but it's possible <laughs> right but you get down <laughs> to these stretch. smaller complexes yeah. like sixes and fives and you cannot fit every everything in but you want to get make sure ev- all the studios are represented i think that that's paramount in it and as much as they're pushing to say like no we're we're your better partner it's still all of what have you done for me lately so yeah so it's just it's been a it's been a huge, incredibly huge challenge, and we're just we knew it was going to happen because you can't push back so much product into a few weeks at the end of the year and expect to get in everywhere. Like yeah, it's not very well thought out. It's not planned out. It's not coordinated. There's no maneuvering. It's just get it in. Yeah, we all knew this was inevitable, but the studios for some reason didn't. Yeah. There, was, there was never this. You know, there's always competition for dates. I mean, like we saw yeah. when, um, what was it, moved off of Thanksgiving. Top Gun. Top I was Gun just going to say. I, and and yeah. uh, Ghostbusters moved there. Like, that was the date. And I'm actually really thankful. I hate I hated it when it happened because Top Gun is the number one film everybody's asked for over the pandemic. Yeah. But I'm so thankful it moved because... Ghostbusters moved out of out of October, and now I have room for. I would not have had room given the films that are there still now to have played everything. Now I get to give um, Ghostbusters a proper Thanksgiving. After, after Shang you know. Chi did what it did, you would have been choosing between oh, two A plus titles yeah. in Eternals what... and Ghostbusters on the yeah. same weekend, which that would have been tough because um, Shang Chi was good and Ghostbusters. It, it it's a good movie, right? That it one. screened so well at CinemaCon that you know yeah. it's there. If if Shang Chi did that without any name name actors, this these are both hundred million dollar openings. You would think <laughs> but so. They had think them so. together. Yeah. I mean, based based on what we've got since. No, so it, I'm I'm saying it can definitely be a lot worse, and it was a lot worse. But 
it's still a struggle. There's still just way more product than, than screens. Oh, sure. Yeah. So that's what we're, we're working with. And, And it really is just take it a week by week. What do I have this week? What did it do over the weekend? I gotta make, I can't plan ahead. And I have grown to really like being able to plan ahead and you just can't, you just gotta go week by week and not confirm anything till that Monday. And when you know you have a screen and then to top it all off, I have several clients that they're, I don't know if this is happening to any listeners or, or anything out there, but the equipment is, is now failing. Um, I have so many people that are having equipment issues because they're those kind of first and second generation projectors. Mm-hmm. And it's been 10 years cause it was in 2012 and now it's almost 2022 and they're, they only have like a lifespan of about 10 years and we're having yeah. issues with not getting parts and breaking down. And now I'm down screens when we've had like the most product we've ever had. And so, yeah, I don't know if anybody else out there is struggling with that, but that is, there's definitely, you know, an issue. And then, and then because of the labor shortages, they can't find mechanics. They can't find anybody to come fix the equipment. They can't get parts because of the shipping issues. It's just turning into a nightmare. It's like, if you're, projector goes down it goes down the screen is almost dark from it and and that's becoming going into the holidays when you need it the most coming out of that pandemic it's just devastating on a certain level no kidding you have to make a good impression and you know some people might notice like when a screen is down or when certain things aren't working properly or you're not getting to open certain films because you don't have enough screens yeah it's just a rough time for that stuff to happen because we need to be convincing people that it's okay to go back to the theaters that it's important and and the last thing you want is to have the have it break down during a show and have to refund people like it's it's getting it's getting rough. I, I I think we can probably make it through this year, but next year I would not be surprised to see a lot more breakdowns. And so people should probably pr- start preparing for that. Not like yeah. rush out and go buy a new equipment because nobody can afford that right now. But you know, just Put I would I would have somebody look at it in, while you're da- while you're slow before a break happens. Put something aside. Yeah, little and, by little start planning for the inevitable on that because I've had so many people caught off guard and then they, like I said, can't get parts, can't get people to work on it. You got to come up with some contingencies on that because we are getting to the end of those. Yeah. The one thing I haven't seen now that you mentioned people not wanting to go back to the theaters since Shang-Chi came out, we haven't seen one of those articles where like this percent of people wants to go back to the theaters. Oh, I have. Have you? Yeah. But they're not as prominent, it doesn't seem like. It's in the context of the older demographic, because they are really, the older upscale film demographic, the art house type, they are not returning. Yeah, but they're way closer to death than the general (laughs) audience. Yeah. I think that's an issue. And I just think they're more of a demographic with means. They've probably, during the pandemic, invested in home theater systems or, and they do have the ability to stream and pay extra for it in home. Um, so they're just, there's, there's not the need to go out as much because they can have Uber eats, deliver their favorite high end restaurant and then have their home theater. Just, I think that one's going to take a lot longer to come back and it's yeah. going to really be so dependent on the films. I mean, it's also hard to make those types of articles of like, movie going is down or movie going is up when there's evidence that shows that people did come back well lots of them for the last hundred years it's always been about the content it's never 
never really about what the theater is or what the technology is. It really is about the content. Yeah. We and just, now, and now the cable news of the world and the internet news of the world doesn't get a shit on the theater industry for once. <laughs> right. For one week, we get a reprieve. Yeah. We're not being kicked while we're down, guys. Like all of a sudden, they don't know what to do. They're like, oh, we have to write the standard article for the last 50 years. Movie opens to 50 plus million. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Or, no excitement. Or like deadline. Venom licks the box office competition. <laughs> That's a Was good that an actual No, headline? I don't know, but you can oh. write these. <laughs> I wish I thought of that. <laughs> well, um, speaking of things theaters can do, we there was a super interesting article in the Wall Street Journal this last week about a theater in Michigan who attempted to change up their pr- ticket pricing. And they're idea was to have a higher ticket. I think it was $25, but it included unlimited concessions and it was an experiment. We, you know, this is a time the industry is changing. It's a good time to experiment with some of this. Some of these ideas we've always thought about doing now is the time to try them out. If the studios can experiment with streaming, theaters should be able to experiment with pricing and other models. So, so this um, gentleman, John Goldstein, who um, has a small circuit out of Michigan, attempted to, in one of his locations to do this unlimited uh, concessions pricing. And it didn't go great. It was not a huge success. He did run into some issues. But I found that the article, it was awesome that he was transparent, that he you know even talked about it. Wall Street Journal picked it up. It, it just oh, yeah. was interesting that they even talked about this but he one of the big issues he ran in with doing this was most people buy their tickets online i mm-hmm. don't know very many people that just show up to the theater anymore without having bought their ticket ahead of time or online so they could pick seats and things like that and when you are looking online he had competitors in the area and when you are looking at the ticket prices his was significantly more but the theater was the same quality theater as what you were getting you weren't getting like super high-end dining or our really awesome seats or it wasn't a 14 yeah or vip treatments yeah there was no preferred large format screen there was Mm -hmm. none of the normal upcharges and so uh a lot of people were turned off because they it's really hard online to to say hey that 25 dollars price includes all your concessions they're just looking at ticket prices being like whoa what's going on here yeah so that was a huge hurdle for him I think another one was just in the general concept of who really was asking for unlimited concessions because it was per ticket. It wasn't like you could go as the dad and buy, get the unlimited concessions ticket and then get it for everybody. Yeah, not a family plan. Yeah, everybody got the unlimited concessions ticket. So it was just you weren't really saving anything anywhere. And nobody, I don't think, was asking for that. At some point, you're going to have two teenage boys, and we're going to be begging for this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I but mean, what, it's not yeah. what he found. So I I don't know. I, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, this is your limit. <laughs> but again, I have little boys. <laughs> I'm not at the big boy yeah, stage you yet. You tell them no all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Or not. <laughs> I do. I was just so surprised when you came to me and you were like, so the Wall Street Journal wrote about a small movie theater. And I was like, they did what now? But yeah. reading of it, of it, it was really cool to see this guy be transparent and to use the Wall Street Journal as sort of a platform to 
talk about the trials and errors that he's doing because he's like the rest of the other movie theaters. Like they're seeing, despite some good grosses happening, there's still a decline in movie going and you have to find ways to convince them to come back. And sometimes you think out of the box and while I give him props for doing so, I'm kind of with you, Cody, that, I mean, as much as, you know, people do spend money on concessions, it's not necessarily like they're wanting so many concessions. They're not going back for, you know, so much candy or so many nachos. It, it's just not that type of food. And I don't even know if he even tried, you know, having the bar food or the dine-in type food, if that would have helped anyway. Like, like I think when people go to the movie theaters, they only want a portion of something, but they're not really wanting to right. spend so much money even to have any sort of unless unlimited it, amount of Unless food. it came with unlimited booze. Maybe. Like beers. Yeah. Like just the, buckets of beers. I was yeah. say like... <laughs> Ask, ask any restaurant who served, who served brunch with unlimited mimosas how that goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well. And it wasn't, it's not a buffet. Like you're no. not going thinking like I'm going to have unlimited choices and unlimited amounts. And Yeah. And how does that work? Do you have to get up during the movie <laughs> <laughs> to get more? And you just more keep crap. going back in right. and out. Yeah. yeah. Like, and everybody knows what you're doing. Yeah. Like nobody's like that guy's going to the bathroom. There's a guy no. with so much stuff. Oh, he's doing what I'm doing. Or, or yeah. you're going to just grab unlimited at the beginning is this like an olive garden unlimited or a uh long not long john silver's uh red lobster unlimited yeah <laughs> where yeah, you have to knows? finish it before they bring it out olive garden they just keep bringing you stuff yeah they just keep forcing it at you <laughs> That's they right. throw it at you you have to take it <laughs> eat some more pasta fatty <laughs> and i'm like yes please <laughs> I did think it was um, interesting how he got the studios to be on board with this experiment. Now they were, he did mention the article that he got lower terms, but he's getting lower terms on a higher ticket price. He's not getting lower terms on an $8 ticket price. He's getting it on that $25 ticket price. So I'm not sure. I think the studios went along with it, but I think that they made out in the end. They got even a lower term on a higher ticket price works better. Yeah, I don't see a a case where they're really sweating about this so much. I mean, I think it's a little bit rare that studios would actually, like, accept change. (laughs) Shockingly rare. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I think in this situation, they kind of saw that and were like, well... We're we're willing to experiment because I'm sure they they would like to see higher ticket prices. This is 30 seconds aside on high heat rare. Yeah. Okay, this is this is as rare as it gets. I use the term rare loosely on that one. <laughs> yeah. No, no, this is but this it, is one of the few times I've ever heard of this yeah. happening where it's like right. oh and I'm going to try it. Especially certain ones that were involved in that. <laughs> not every studio did it. Like Paramount, they said in the article would would not do this pricing scheme. They wouldn't even experiment. I don't know if they had anything. I'm not sure when he did it. He didn't say what films were playing. Mm-hmm. He did say it was gross driven, you know, gross driven that they people depended on what film was out there. So it was just um, interesting article with results that weren't great. But that, hey, now we know, now we know, yeah. and we can try other experiments. I, I'm still of the believer that you have to create movies as an event, and that you have to have a really luxurious. Um, like auditorium with fittings, mm-hmm. really luxurious seats. Cause you're, you're competing with people's um, living rooms. You have to have great food. I, I think you, 
I think everybody needs to up the concessions more than just popcorn and sodas and candies now. I mean, people yeah. are expecting more. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they want unlimited of it. Right. And then I think... They can get that in home. I think introducing alcohol in areas that it makes sense is yeah. huge. Because you're, you're just trying to give people that... Um, dining out you know event like experience with entertainment and attached to it yeah not only do they want Did you just shimmy a little when you said entertainment <laughs> like like give them a show a little da- dancing <laughs> yeah i mean they want the content to be great but also the experience to match that yep and and when you do those things you get a different type of customer and you get a customer more willing to spend has more means to spend i i was concerned with the unlimited uh concessions that you're trying to appeal to um a customer that wants something for nothing that kind of um that kind of mentality and they're not going to pay $25 ticket to get that something for nothing. Like it's not enough value for them. Yeah. They're rarely going to the movie theater to begin with because of that. And, and those people that that would see that as a deal, they're staying home and streaming. That's why we don't see dollar houses returning. That's why we're not seeing sub run theaters and even move over theaters not working right now is because that level of, of customer is staying home with streaming. You need yep. to appeal to the higher end customer that wants an experience outside the home and has the means to have that event experience. Yeah. So that's why you should focus. I, I think that's why you should focus more on, you know, the experience of the, you know, the surroundings of the theater rather than worrying about how unlimited a certain something can be. Right. Me personally, but. All right. We got anything else this week? Yeah. Um, just one more little tidbit of news. Um, Kyle found that uh, article about uh, Universal talking about um, Christopher Nolan coming on board, and they're going to honor his 100-day window. Yeah. Which um, is more than the 90. I'm surprised the article said 100-day window. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was Nolan being like, you know what? Make it 100. And then yeah. they're like, all right, all right. <laughs> That's the best we're going to do. <laughs> But they're going to honor it, which I assumed that, that's, that that was a prerequisite for him even jumping ship from any other studio. Yeah, this yeah. is this is a well-done take, Kyle, because anytime a filmmaker of his stature makes a request, they just say, yes, whatever you want. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. This we're used to. <laughs> and then in that article, they talked about how Universal doesn't want to do a lot of day-and-date releases and how they don't think that they're going to do any more, quote, stunt releases, like the, what they're doing with Halloween and what they did with Boss Baby. Where they just threw it at us Threw the it at second. Peacock on yeah. the last second and was like, this will work. Mm-hmm. So that, I guess that's all good news, but... You know, they're going to be like how Disney and all these other studio, you know, streaming services are going to be is they're they're going to take content away from theaters. It's you're never going to see it ahead of time now. Now it's in the development phase. There will be some content, very little that they're going to develop for theaters and a whole lot more bulk content that they have to put on streaming. And they need that theatrical content to anchor what they're doing on the streaming. But you know, a lot of those films that they had that maybe would have been in theaters, maybe small releases, maybe low expectation films right to streaming now. And that's just a filtering process. Yeah. Um, still disappointing that that content's being taken away, but I hope mm-hmm. that 
they stick to their word about not doing stunting anymore because you know, we we already understand at this point that the content's probably going to be taken away from us um, more than we'd like, but we also just don't want to be lied to. Like, just tell us right. way in advance what's going to be for streaming, what's not going to be so for streaming. So we don't streaming. waste our time promoting it because theaters exactly. do promote it. Exactly. And it's not fair for them to promote something that they're not actually going to show in the theater. Yeah, that's mainly the silver lining in all of this is that it seems like they're going to try and avoid that. Hopefully that sticks, yeah. but that I think right now that's just what we should hope for is that they're upfront about what goes where instead of playing this juggling act of, Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's day and date. Maybe it's not. And right. that's just what we need right now at this point. Well, they did say windows are getting shorter. They are really going to stick probably to their three week window. I think so. They too. didn't say, three week window but they did say windowing is going to be shorter moving forward well we all know that universal it's yeah. how much shorter is i don't think 21 days serves anybody very well and it doesn't serve them very well at all i really think a 30 day window should be the minimum i i minimum just yeah feel like after 30 days after about a month you expect it to be on streaming mm -hmm. by then as a as a consumer i think cutting it off at 21 days just makes no sense to anybody or 17 days makes no sense. I'm a little surprised that they haven't declared that they would do like 30 day at minimum. I just assume between their experiments and seeing how HBO max has done, mm -hmm. um, with their day and dating. Cause I think with them, it's pretty much free on their streaming service for the first 30 days, but then it gets taken off while the yeah. theatrical run continues. And clearly that just doesn't work. So that doesn't I'm, work either. I'm very surprised that they're still wanting to experiment with that rather than say it looks like 30-day minimum would be the best to yeah. do. I think about Maybe that'll five, happen later, five but... weekends yeah. is what you should ha be able to have. And then yeah. and, I, and if it was just industry standard, then, then consumers would get used to that behavior and then they would still preserve the event-like feeling of the films. Yeah. The legitimacy legitimacy of it being in the theater but they get it quicker and then they get through the pipeline quicker but you get all the benefits of having it be have had a theatrical run and there's still meat on the bone for the theaters it just makes a lot more sense at, at the 30-day mark more steak references i love it <laughs> i'm hungry it's lunchtime <laughs> so we got some trailers and then a wrap-up time. So what do we got for trailers, Kyle? Uh, we got Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, the 355 debuted a new trailer because it's getting close to its release date of January 7th. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like January yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. Well, oh. Universal only has one release after Halloween. They have Sing 2. That's true. And then they have that. So, so they've they got to get yeah. their next film out there. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Although you're not going to put the... Th 355 trailer on scene two so this, well, it's got to play with it's got to play on it's halloween gotta, that's why we're getting it yeah and then uh a musical from united artists uh i believe you pronounce it Cyr cyrano 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 gunzoon tate yeah. uh <laughs> but it looked good i'll start with that one okay. i don't like musicals i have said that a lot on this podcast <laughs> i think it's like not surprised dear evan hansen didn't do very well <laughs> but i'm yeah. just not into musicals this one got me a little bit. This was like, oh no, am I going to watch a musical? Cause <laughs> am I going to like it? I loved Peter Dinklage in it so much. He's so good. And then I realized yeah. I have never really seen Peter Dinklage in a movie because I don't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And yes, the last one that's I, the only thing he's ever done. I know, Cody. but I the last one I watched I would have seen him in is Elf. <laughs> but so hey, he was ago. great in Elf. <laughs> so great. Fantastic. But I haven't seen him in anything past that, so it's like so it just piqued my interest a lot more. This trailer killed at CinemaCon. Like it was yeah. really great. Uh you were also the there. youngest person in the room by But even but even <laughs> still, like it seems like a couple like, of decades. Just a bit. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be too mean. Yeah. But uh, let's not pigeonhole anybody that goes to CinemaCon. Exactly. It's old. Come on now. Um, but no, I I was really swept away by it, and it seemed like everyone else did too. So I don't know. Maybe there's a. I think it has a you know uh, expanded release to it. A platform release. Platform release. Thank yeah. you. I lost the word there, but I don't know. Maybe maybe there could be life with that. I just think UA is gonna. I have a hard time after Bond. I oh, think people yeah. gave him a lot more credit and dealt with him because of Bond. And once sure. Bond is out and stuff, what what do they have? And I mean, they'll they will have product, but they're not going to be super high on everybody's lists. No, probably not. But this did wishful look, thinking. But, but this did look good. Yeah, um, Resident <laughs> Evil Raccoon City, or what's it called? Welcome to Raccoon yeah. City. I don't know what's happening. I just know it's a zombie <laughs> movie, and it's weird that it's in Thanksgiving. But maybe, maybe it'll be fine there. I don't just, know. I think that's my my take on it too. I've never seen a Resident Evil movie. I've never played the video game. Not my cup of tea. Too scary. I don't do zombies. I think zombies are stupid. Sure. So, I've I was like, what is going on? Who's this character? I thought it was Mila Jovovich. So I'm very confused on what this is, but. I mean, if it was just, if it didn't have Resident Evil and it was just a zombie movie, looked pretty good. I like, I think the zombies look decent and the makeup looks great on them. They don't look too t- campy or tacky and they look really scary and they mix the zombie, like real life makeup effects zombies with um, digital ones. Sure. And I liked that. Um, but I hate that it's at Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving into Christmas, like that's. <laughs> I don't want to play a zombie movie at that time. I mean, this this Resident Evil looks like a perfect January title to me. Yeah, I think it would have made more sense with January. Um, I I think it's only for a certain uh, demographic, and I'm gonna play it. So yeah, I mean, I you need, have to, but but I'm not expecting a lot out of it. Yeah, I I think at least in, on its opening weekend, you could see a good fan base showing up for it. I mean, it's Sony. We will have Ghostbusters. That'll definitely be our priority. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to just put it out there. This one you could flag for being moved, Sony. <laughs> if you need to mess with any more release dates, because we know you like doing that. Yeah. Let's just, let's take a look at Resident Evil on just this. Just two yeah. cents. We're talking about Disney putting all these films in. Sony has two movies in five days. Right. <laughs> and, then they have, and then they have Journal for Jordan and Spider-Man at Christmas. Yeah. Also, like, within about that. five That's right. day release. Yeah. <sighs> we'll make it work. Well, but I'll just, find the screen and we'll make it screens, work. But, um, we have to build one outside. Tip. Yeah. <laughs> just suggested it to you. Um, and then for the 355 trailer, I don't know. I thought it looked cool. Um, I don't know if it's worrisome that it's a January release because everything's so weird with release schedules yet. Right. Uh, so so maybe it is actually a good movie, and Universal just saw that January is kind of wide open for the it's taking. Female um, special agents. Yeah, they're and, uh, all across the globe. They come right. together. 
you know. I'm a little concerned about that, that audiences are just over that kind of trope. Well, the new Charlie's Angels blew away box offices, yeah. didn't it? It yeah. blew, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, and Pro, Actually, it wasn't that bad. Protégé <laughs> didn't do great from Lionsgate. No. I mean, it just... I'm a little concerned about it, and I'm not surprised it's in January. Although the trailer looks great, it just... Yeah, it looks really, you know... We haven't had a lot of track records for success for these films. Unfortunately, female yeah. female secret agent type films just haven't really caught on or audiences are over it. I'll be positive in saying it's from Universal. They have the marketing dollars. They know how yeah. to market. Um, and in this trailer, at least, I don't see anything to where it looks bad and it looks you know clever in some regards um but you're right though it's just when it comes to these types of movies usually they don't do well just hope this is the exception yep and we got a 19th trailer for dune <laughs> 20th trailer is this the one with the big worms and they ride the worms i feel like i've seen that in most of their marketing now right. so i'm not sure um the trailer it's all blurring together it was just as good as the last one it's just you know two weeks before it's released so it's just the final just a little oomph at the end yeah exactly then you know i think the marketing's been pretty good it's just a matter of you know the sci-fi genre we've been saying that for a while we're kind of yeah. concerned yep plus it's a day and day movie so plus we just don't know. Timothy Chalamet is not a lead actor. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. I just, I don't even know how he has the strength to pick up a sword, let alone <laughs> spar with Jason Momoa. None of it is believable. Well, Jimothy Cabernet is, he looks like a fart in the wind. He does. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I don't want to body shame anybody, but there's got to be a certain a certain look to a character I mean, to make you, you believe that you, this character can sure, accomplish w- these sure. things. When you describe an actor who's in an action fantasy film, mm-hmm. the word... The granddaddy of all sci-fi films. Yeah, yeah the, you should never use the word frail. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the first word I think about when I look at him. Me too. <laughs> Sickly, maybe? I, uh, <laughs> Sickly would be a good one, too. Yeah. Malnourished. I just hope the movie's good. Yep. Us too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's it for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, be sure to... Um, what am I trying to do right now? I don't have my script in front of me. <laughs> After all this time, you need the script Yeah, still? I know. All of a sudden, you really got me with that Chalamet talk. I don't know. <laughs> we threw Kyle at the end. You threw me for a loop. What do Shimalama I do Shimalama ding dong. <laughs> but I think you guys know what to do. Follow us on all podcast platforms and over at SourceGreenInsider.com. Um, if you need marketing assets for all of your social media promotions of your upcoming releases we have everything available for you at that website check it out and um we just wanted to give everybody a heads up we are updating our film frames so be looking for that um starting in november we're gonna have a lot more information on them demographic marketing information so we're constantly looking at parts of the site to update and film frames is next so if you've never checked out film frames um, starting with Eternals, check out the new format. We're gonna we're getting a lot more target marketing demographic information from the studios, so it's gonna be good. Yeah, they'll be coming real soon, so keep an eye out. Yeah, you can target all that marketing dollars to the right groups of people. Yeah, now. big go. grosses, everybody. Yeah, big October. Yeah, all right. Bye. Good luck with Bond. <laughs>